latest 2018 podcasting research from the Share of Ear at the Edison Company. Podcasting stories, challenges, and opportunities of the week. And we have a Spotify submissions update. Well, welcome to the Speaker Live Show. This is episode 150 uh, for March 14th, 2018. Thank you so much. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of partnerships at uh, VoxNest, Spreaker, and Blog Talk Radio. And thanks for downloading us and checking out the show today. It's certainly appreciative, uh, no matter where you're listening to us, on your uh, mobile phone or at your desktop or on your laptop or in your car. There's all sorts of you know places like smart speakers now, all sorts of cool places that you can listen to audio now. And I believe it's going to keep getting more uh, expansive. I think people are going to be able to listen off of their refrigerators very soon. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Alex Exum is uh, with me again. He's my co-host, my sidekick, my uh, my alter ego. I think is is probably a good explanation for it. He's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker, and he talks all about politics and uh, current events. But Alex, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Rob. I like the Robin to your Batman. How's that? Yes. That's right. That's right. I'm the Robin. I'm the one with the. Uh, short, no, I'm the Robin. Short, you're the Batman. Yeah, I'm the one with the short shorts and the red cape, and you're the one with the black cape, right? Is that what this is? Wait, no, no, no. Batman has a black cape. You're Batman. Oh, I'm, I'm Batman. You're okay. Yeah, I'm the okay. Robin to your Batman. Did I, did I say it the okay. reverse? Maybe, no, maybe no, I, I was, secretly want to be Batman. I wasn't sure if I was Robin or if I was Batman sometimes. No, you're sure. Batman. Come on, man. Okay, You've got I'm like, Batman. what, three feet on me? How could I? How would that look if we showed up and I'm Batman and you're right? That'd be actually pretty funny. We should do that in a podcast. Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> yeah. Not to get completely that. off track on the <laughs> the whole Batman and Robin. I, I, that thing, would be right? hilarious. Yeah. No, because most people. I'm sorry, I have to say this. Most people would go for the traditional. You're tall, right? You're the big, you know, yeah. imposing figure. But we'd reverse it. We just that's right. That's right. A little flip side. I would get down on my knees and pretend like I'm Robin. That's right. But anyway, <laughs> you'd have, you'd have to crawl. <laughs> so in the next next episode, I'm gonna have to have to come in as Batman and you're. Robin, then. So we'll have to play this. You've got Pod Vader, right? Isn't he's like Darth Vader? Everyone thinks he's Darth Vader. It's true. Got the Pod Vader. That is true. We could bring in the Darth in here and 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 really uh, spice things up a little bit on this show. But uh, I'm so good at distracting us, Rob. So good at distracting. (laughs) We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So you can check us out right off of our own destination page, which is actually on the Spreaker website. It's just a redirect off of a domain name. So it just makes it easier to get to the show page. And you can also hear us on the Amazon Echo smart speakers, which we're going to talk a bit more about later in the show. Uh, Spreaker has a uh, listening skill on that platform, so you can get us right through that. Um, also, uh, you know, we're in the TuneIn platform, I believe, as well. I have to double-check that and make sure we are over there. But we also have our own listening apps on iOS and Android the, for Speaker Live Show, so you can search in those app stores to, to find us. And uh, kind of moving on here, I did uh, drop episode numbering, um, Alex, in our episode titles, st- starting from last week's episode, and I'm definitely interested in your feedback on... Did I have uh, something to do with that? N- no, I'm, that's what Apple wants us to do, right, is to drop okay. our, our numbering system there, so I figured I would do it. Uh, and, Take uh, the see, lead, I like that. And Take see what, uh, you know, what feedback I get on it, if people are confused or... Or, or not about it, and um, and just proceed. I think the big decision is whether or not I'm going to go back and, and remove all the episode numberings from all of the archive shows. So the 148 episodes or something like that, eh, it's not that big a deal. But okay, all right. But I am concerned about you know the impacts on other listening platforms other than Apple. So that would be the only concern there. Um, but definitely want to hear from you if you want to. Give me some feedback on that. Uh, just send it to Rob at voxnest.com. Uh, that would be great. And uh, if you've noticed that the show download numbers on, on the website look kind of low, it's because I am still offering the show through the Dynamo product from Voxnest currently right now. So some of the episodes are getting 
dynamically inserted ads in in the episode. So if you're hearing a, an ad um, in this show, that's a download that ran through our Dynamo product. So that's part of the VoxNest service. That's basically any podcast can submit their feed into Dynamo from any podcast hosting platform, uh, really, uh, except for maybe a, a couple of them that uh, don't support uh, what's called prefix, which is basically a a redirect piece of code that's put in front of your media files that will redirect traffic over to the Dynamo servers to insert the, those spots and do a revenue share with you. So I know it's a, it's a fairly simplistic explanation, but some percentage of the downloads that are running through Spreaker are staying on Spreaker, and some of them are going over and being downloaded off of um, Dynamo. So that's why you're seeing kind of a, a lower number on the download side on the Spreaker display numbers uh, because a certain percentage of them are getting ad insertions that are happening on the Dynamo product. So anyway, we're going to get that all flushed out so everything is straight. So eventually I, I will have this show off of Dynamo and Spreaker will have their own ad insertion, mid-rolls, all this kind of stuff that we can play around with on this show. As an example, um, that's coming in the next couple of weeks uh, where you're going to be able to insert a mid-roll ad spot into the middle of your show um, on the Spreaker platform. So you'll have this wave editor that you'll be able to um, drop in a mid-roll insertion, which isn't available today because right now we only support pre-roll and post-rolls. But I believe that the sweet spot, and Alex, what do you think about this, uh, is the mid-roll insertion. I would actually like to kind of move away from the pre-roll. Yeah, I can't stand the pre-roll. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I need to hook my audience in the beginning. Anyone who's heard my other show, and I think we do that here as well, I, I want to hook them in the beginning with an open monologue. I know here we give yeah. them a brief description of what we're going to talk about, right, which you know is, is kind of – I don't want to say standard, but that's kind of uh, in the radio world, right? If you're doing a talk radio show, that's kind of the format. Before a break, they're going to give you a little smattering of what they're going to do to keep you, you, know, keep you listening, right? They want those 15-minute yeah. chunks. Yeah. So you know, I understand that, and for, we're doing a longer show, but you know, it's good to get it. Oops, my earpiece just fell out. It's good to get it in the beginning. Um, but I don't like the beginning ads. And also sometimes I don't want to place them at the end of a show because what happens? Well, if they're going to listen to the next episode, I don't want them to hit, you know, hear an, ads, an ad right? and, then, and, yeah, yeah. and then bounce. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. Exactly. And then you have two ads back to back. So I like if I could in a perfect world, like I've said, just have the one mid roll insertion and not even mid roll. I don't want it to be just placed any, you know, just willy nilly at the halfway point thing, because I do some shows that are six minutes. I do some shows that mm -hmm. are 60 minutes. So I'd like to put it somewhere strategically. And a lot of times when I have a, a break in the show topic or I'm switching topics or something, it's a great place to put it without jarring the audience. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think it's great to be able to put it mid insertion. We've talked about this so many times. I don't like, I just don't like turning the person, how many times, Rob, have you went to a show or a podcast you're subscribed to or even a YouTube video, you clicked on it and you said, oh, I want to hear this, but you were forced to listen to an ad. You couldn't skip through it and yep. you just left because yep. within 20, you know, five seconds, you didn't want to wait for a 20 second or 30 second ad. It just happens. So yep. I don't want to lose any new listeners that way. So I think it's a great idea. That's coming real soon. And so you'll be able to make some adjustments there. And I mean, that's one advantage of being on Dynamo is that it does have those mid-roll insertion capabilities. Uh, so if you're hosting a show that's not on Spreaker, uh, like Lipson or or other podcast hosting platforms, you can just um, add your feed into Dynamo and you can have some automatic monetization that, that will happen um, and, and a 60-40 revenue share on the ads that are inserted into your show. And you can set those mid-roll insertion points and you can disable the pre-rolls if you want. So um, that's that's an option right there. Um I wanted to also uh, share a date for the unveiling of the first Edison Research Triton Digital Infinite Dial Canada webinar. I know that was a mouthful. Um, that's coming up here uh, Wednesday, April 4th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And I have a link to signing up for that. This is the first um, really kind of listener research that's coming out of the Canadian market uh, for podcasting and online radio. So it's some research, some new research that is going to come out to kind of share more details about listening that's happening up in Canada, which 
is going to be a, a little bit more of a focus for me this year. I'm going to be keynoting at an event up in uh, in Canada called Pod Summit um, on May 5th. It's just the second year for Pod Summit. If you go to podsummit.com, you can read more about that particular event. Uh, podcasting is getting a little bit more of a focus up in Canada. So I think it's uh, it, uh, long needed and and I think it's it's great. And I, I always enjoy my trip up to Canada, which I went up to Calgary last year. And so it, it'll be great to head back up there again. I just Are you speaking really, at that, Rob? Yeah, I'm going to be the the first speaker at the at the very beginning of the event. So, right. talking about the state of podcasting that's going on on um, May 5th up in Canada. So, May if you want 5th, to check yep, that out, Edmonton. Yeah, yep, that looks great. I saw you and uh, Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative talking about it on Twitter. I was like, oh, they're both going to be there. Yeah. I can't get up to Canada. I'd love to see you guys, but. I can't. <laughs> I know, it's a long, long trip for me. It, that is a long trip for you. It's probably still going to be a little bit cold up there, even in May, but we'll see. Do you know what they're getting <laughs> tickets for? Oh, yeah. It's, oh, forget that. What are tickets? Let me just see here. I'm, I'm on their site. Oh, it's right. sold out. Well, oh, regular it, tickets are 150 Early oh, bird it's is sold, sold out, out already? Oh, it, or, early sold bird. Out. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. There are only a ta- 100 tickets available, so this is a very limited uh, – yeah. wow. Okay, cool. So that's going on there. I'm, I'm going to be back in New York City next week at the RAIN Podcast Business Summit, and that's on March 22nd. It's a one-day conference that VoxNest is sponsoring. It's really focused on monetization and the business side of podcasting. It's an event that's um, been going on for a couple of years. Uh, it's at rainnews.com uh, forward slash summit. You can certainly read up on that and catch up with what's happening and who's involved in that also. So, And then uh, soon after that um, is the NEB show, which is um, down in Las Vegas, and that's April 7th through the 12th. That's at nebshow.com, and we've got a booth that we're having down there. This is the the world's largest uh, media conference. There's going to be probably 130,000 people that that attend this show, so it's it's a big priority for for me, and it 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 really has been a big event for me for the last couple of years of going down there and doing panels and speaking and and trying to evangelize the podcasting medium to big broadcasters. I mean, essentially, is what this conference is. You know, TV radio, um, all of, you know, and now more and more online media is um, getting more involved. And, and now podcasting is kind of getting their own podcasting pavilion and and podcasting studio, all those kinds of things at this event. So it's it's going to be, and that's April 7th through the 12th down in Las Vegas. So if you just go to nabshow.com, you can see all that and find out what they're doing with podcasting down there and then me Rob, go ahead sorry sorry i, didn't, I thought you're no but i'm just wondering what how, the average podcaster right i know there's a lot of these industry radio type shows and kind of it's kind of a mix between podcasting and radio and even just yeah. audio right and, and, and equipment and things like that do you think the average podcaster now the one in canada i think you know, obviously that's directed at podcasting, but some of the others are, are the, I've thought about going some of these in Vegas and stuff, but I'm like, am I going to be like one of the only podcasters there? They have a few tracks on podcasting, but I, I don't know, like the average, the average guy, you know, the, the, the guy that may go to podcast movies, are they going to find anything at these shows that w- would benefit them? Well, if you think about Networking it, from, and classes I, I, and, I mean, from a holistic perspective, I mean, all these shows are catering to the media industry as a whole, right? So as you think right. about larger media companies and smaller media companies. And one, one of the things that the NAB is trying to do, and this is the National Association of Broadcasters, is they're trying to make their effort around podcasting to be appealing to all levels of podcasters. So that's one of the changes that we're starting to see happen this year is a little bit more of a focus on that. And being okay. and having sessions and having activities that are going on that, that support any kind of podcasting at any level. It's a conference that's catering to the whole industry, right? So they're trying to be inclusive as much as they can. Um, but the event does honestly does focus on the major broadcasters. But as you see digital media come into it more and more, right? Um, mm-hmm. Then it does tend to kind of expand its potential reach and they're starting to embrace that more. It's been a little bit slow in coming, but I can see over the next couple of years that the NAB show could be the largest podcasting conference out there. I mean, maybe even eclipsing the popularity of uh, podcast movement. So it just depends on okay. what, what happens um, at that event and how supportive they are from a community building perspective. And they are getting, uh, actually, the podcast movement folks are actually coming in and doing a complete you know, like two or three hour session 
um, at the NAB. So there is an integration that's happening between podcast movement and the NAB show. So it's interesting what's happening with that. So maybe some of those people that go to podcast movement may go to NAB too. Right. And that's what I'm thinking because of the more that I look at some of these shows, at least on their website, even like on the main page, they show a lot of podcasting stuff, right? You know, conferences and things like that. Um, so it's obviously a push, but I'm just wondering, is that just there, since podcasting's hot, right? It's hot right now. Yeah. Radio people are kind of using that to draw people in. Or is that, I don't want to say a pump and dump, but I've been in the trade show industry before where you have a lot of people who are showing up just to try and find jobs and things like that. So it doesn't really seem like that at a lot of these, but I'm wondering, like, for example, there's one here in LA that you had, you had mentioned the worldwide radio right. summit. Yeah. That's more on the that, radio side though. Right. But no, I, you know, and I'm thinking, well, Okay, there's there's a lot of podcasters that want to eventually get into radio, and there's some podcasts that are being played on radio, right? So mm -hmm. I'm wondering, for someone like me who's interested in this, is this a, is something where podcasters might go to meet radio people and let them know they're interested, maybe hand out demos, things like that? Or is this really just for, hey, this is for radio industry professionals, you have to be with the station to get in type thing? You know what I mean? Because some of them can be a little bit more uh, exclusive, uh, to some of these events. So I, I, know, it's I hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. I think if you go to an event like this and you network with people, you never know what you can uncover and, you know, meet people that you would normally be able to, to reach out to and, and see if there is a, there's a relationship that can be established. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I think that the radio industry needs to start looking at podcasting a, a little bit more holistically. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be down there is trying to, trying to help them, you know, see what's happening in the podcasting medium and better understand. I know others have gone to that conference and gotten on panels and things like that. And they've had a little bit of a cold shoulder, honestly, the, mm -hmm. the podcasting mm -hmm. panels at that event in the past, uh, this is the first time that I'm going, um, have kind of, uh, once the podcasting panel started, uh, half of the room left to go out and into the hallway to, to talk, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those things that, uh, I think that the radio industry in the past over the last couple of years has, has really seen, I think like you've said, I, I think Alex is that they've seen it as a competitive thing and they, they don't really want to hundred percent support it. And so, but I yeah, well, that, they better wake up and smell the yeah, coffee because there's yeah. some podcasters that are kicking their asses. Yeah. I mean, so I think that that's, stations are floundering. Yeah, exactly. I think that that perception is starting to change now. So I, I do yeah. think that they're starting to wake up and realize that this is a little bit more than just a small blip on the radar. This is a significant shift in a, a generational shift that they they don't have a lot of control over. So they better get involved and better understand it and better figure out ways that they can embrace it because their audience is going to shift to a place that they may not be in the future. So it's uh, that's yeah. the risk that they are taking. And that particular event is uh, May 2nd through the 4th down in uh, Los Angeles in the Hollywood area. Well, that's right there. here. It's so. right around the corner from me. And that's yeah. why I was looking at this one. I'm interested in radio, but, you know, I don't want to yeah. be around a bunch of snooty uh, <laughs> radio I know what you mean. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure podcast. that that's. Uh, well, I'm sure that that's going to be the case to some degree. So I think, yeah, sure. yeah, that's to be expected, yeah. right? But it's it's just a shift that's happening. There's a lot going on. We're in the middle of a kind of podcast conference season, trade show season <laughs> that's going to run through September and October. So I'm going to be bopping. You're going to be jet lagging. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to be flying to to Lisbon in uh, at the end of May into early June at a conference oh, wow. back in Lisbon doing a podcasting workshop um, back at the Gen oh. Summit, which is basically a conference that's in in Lisbon. Um, that's focused on uh, professional journalists and journalism okay. and, that are wanting to better support podcasting. So if we can educate that community a little bit more, too, on how they can do journalism um, a little bit more in the podcasting medium, then uh, that would be great as well. So anyway, I'm going to be staying busy <laughs> over the next yeah. six wow. months. Have you been there yeah. before? I've never been to Lisbon before, but I've been to Spain before, so a couple okay. times. So, so it'll be interesting to to do that. I haven't done that. Yeah, it's actually in Portugal, which is right. Portugal, you know, right? Yeah, I was going to say right okay. next to Spain. It's part of the same peninsula that Spain is on. So it'll be interesting. I haven't been there before. Let's move on, Alex, and talk a little bit about uh, the big research that came out this past week from the Edison folks, the Share of Ear. Uh, it's the latest 2018 podcasting research data that came out. It's, it's got some really great news in it. I don't know, Alex, if you were able to tune in and watch the presentation 
um, the the black the black tie t- tuxedo presentation that was done of this research. But I no, I didn't rather, see that. Rather entertaining. Um, Tom is that Webster posted and, somewhere? Yeah, actually, if you, I've got a link to it in the uh, the show notes here, so you can. Oh, go, there it is. Oh go, shoot, I didn't go see directly that. Oh, to it. Yep, and see sorry, that's the, a small link. I oh, it is a small bold, link. Like, you need big senior bold citizen links. letters. <laughs> <laughs> this is at the bottom of the list, and there's a whole bunch of information above it, so it's easy to miss. But but I it's going it. to be in the show notes, okay. so those okay. listening to this, you're going to be able to go in there and just click on it, and you can watch the presentation. Actually, you can see the slideshow, which is basically a slide presentation that shows all the charts and all of the data in there. And it's really interesting because this study, which is about coming out once a year, uh, really talks about digital audio, social media, mobile, smart speakers, and podcast consumption. It kind of like munges all that stuff together. And it munges together two of the most talked about sectors in the audio space today, and that's podcasting and smart speakers, which we talk a lot about on this show. Um, they both posted significant gains in uh, the Infinite Dial study from Edison and Triton Digital. Podcasting continues its steady growth. Um, it's not blowing the doors off. It's just growing steadily. Uh, it's up 4% from, from last year. Uh, up to 44% of Americans 12 plus now say that they have ever listened to a podcast. So we're getting close to 50% of the U.S. population has ever listened to a podcast. So, so we still have some growth left to achieve and it may take a few more years for us to get over um I, probably next year we'll reach 50 percent, is my guess so that'll be if we stick to a four percent growth every year you know we're going to be up to 70 80 percent in five you know four or five years uh so you know and who knows once that happens we may be knocking on the door of uh, being at parity with radio so we'll have to see on how that how that charts out over time. The other big part of the the research that came out was um, people are listening to more podcasts. Um, On average, those that listen to podcasts have now gone from listening to to five shows um, up to seven shows. So uh, those that are consuming are consuming more uh, is what's what's happening here. And the typical podcast listener listens up to 80% of the episode that they... um, they consume. So most of them are making it through a large percentage of the, of the episodes. So there's a fear that people are, you know, listening to just a little bit of it. Um, and it's dropping out, but the numbers are showing that people are consuming, you know, up to 80% of every episode. So I don't know, Alex, what do you think about those three numbers? Uh, what's your thought on that? I, you know, I, what I love about, by the way, there is a video, just before I forget, Rob, uh, yeah. of the presentation. You mentioned that there's the slideshow, but if you click, there's a link later on in that document. I found it, and it goes to a Facebook page. So just so people, if they want to see yeah. the whole presentation with the, everything. Yeah. But I love that they do these type, what are they, graphic chart type things yeah, <laughs> to make it very PowerPoint simple. PowerPoint presentation, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, then also the graphics. On their site, they have graphics, you know, the very easy stats, you know, that's very just a quick glance that gives you the smattering of stats. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I don't think it's anything earth shattering. Um, we've known this, but you know, I'm wondering that age of 12 and older. I wonder how much older they're going. I guess that's just well, a, 55 plus uh, is the uh, the other end of the spectrum. So they're going okay. to the All right. full full spectrum. The largest growing or the fastest growing section of the demographic group is the 12 to 24. Uh, it actually grew, I I believe. Um, Two or three uh, percent, and then the, the the middle age group, like the twenty five to thirty four, grew just like a couple of percentage points. Um, so that's where the majority of the growth was, is in those okay. two areas. But surprisingly, the fastest growth is happening in that uh, twelve to twenty four age group, which is well that. And right. And that's what I was going to say that I find with my YouTube uh, channel, with all of my anything that I'm like kind of where I can see the analytics, even on um, Spreaker analytics, you get certain amounts of analytics like that. So when I look at the numbers that I have, I have like a younger male audience for some reason. And it's usually in the the, the, the I've seen teen, I do have teens like in that area, but usually it's like the 20 to 30, 35 area. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is because I don't know, like younger people are maybe just more tech savvy. I don't know many senior citizens that are into podcasts. Maybe they are. I mean, I'm not saying they're not, but I don't know any. I'm just thinking like of my, you know, I'm thinking when I say that I'm thinking family, I guess, aunts and uncles and things yeah. like that. 
um, who know about my show and they kind of always ask, well, how do I listen? Like, how do I find it? Da, da, da. And I have to show them on their phone and go through this whole thing. But anyway, I think it's going to get – I think it's just going to grow, Rob, because everybody is – we have a younger demographic I think that are starting to listen to podcasts and I think that will grow. But also everybody's using smartphones. Everybody's got their phone on them all the time. And in just other factors, like people are working from home more. You work from home. I work from home. I know other people who do things like that. They're not in their car maybe as much listening to podcasts in the car. Mm-hmm. And so they're using their phone. So there's no real reason to a lot of I've said this before. A lot of people tune into radio just because it's easy because the radio is in the car. <laughs> so if it was just as easy to turn on their podcast and some of these smart uh, dashboards and things and you know smart speakers and all that at home make it easier, I, I think it's just going to keep growing. And mm-hmm. the younger the demographic for me, the better. You know, I remember when people like Snapchat. I, I barely got Snapchat at first, but there are these platforms that people don't get, and it's usually like older people. I don't understand it. Like with Snapchat, what's the big deal? It doesn't matter. The younger yeah. people get it and they love it, right? And that's mm-hmm. where the audience is, and there's a huge audience there. And there's, I know some radio show hosts who have like Snapchat shows or live Snapchatting that augments their actual live show. So people are using. Some of the things that are gravitating towards the younger people, and I hope that happens. I like having a younger audience. They seem to be the most uh, active and like on social media and comments and stuff. Older people are a little more timid and shy and don't want to comment and get in the fray. So anyway, yeah, I think I rambled there. When we talk about twelve plus as far as age demo, I would think that the numbers skew towards the older end of that spectrum. You know, the twelve to twenty-four. I would think most of the most of that number that we're seeing is um, is probably in the the eighteen to twenty four range, not the twelve to eighteen range, would be my guess. Um, and the good thing that I've always said about young people is they get older, and the, those that get older tend to listen to more audio. So as that generation mm-hmm. gets older, I believe it's going to con- continue to consume more audio content because you can see that. In the early days of podcasting, where the 30 to 35 year olds were consuming the most and growing the fastest. So, I think as that generation moves into their late 20s and early 30s, the consumption um, of podcasting will continue to to grow. And as the um, as the older generation kind of moves beyond and starts, uh, I hate to say, but disappearing. Uh, I think they will be replaced by by a generation that was in that 30 to 40 age range that uh, was heavily consuming podcasts. So I think we're going to see usage and adoption over the next five to 10 years that's pretty extensive for this medium. It, it, as you see those age demos kind of moving through their, their lifespan. Uh, so I think that's a key takeaway to come out of this. And you're exactly right. I think it's going to continue to grow. The other research that came out is that uh, podcasts – Listening in car continues to gain because what it says, podcast listeners describe the car as the place they most often listen to podcasts. A year ago was 18%. This year is 22%. So it's up 4% um, over year over year of podcasts listening in the car. So And a lot of that, Rob, probably yeah. is because they're making it easier with all the apps and people get new cars that have the new app, you know, instead of just having the FM, it now has apps, iHeartRadio, TuneIn and all and Spotify. So I think that's going to just get yeah. bigger. Like we keep talking about the trends. It's just going to get bigger. So I think yeah. as we get the, the further we get into the future, it's going to give radio a run for the money because I think the one thing they have against, you know, all of us, they have a clear, you know, 50 thousand watt signal that you can just plug in and it sounds great and sounds great in your stereo and if you want a podcast you have to go through a bunch of other hoops so if i could just you know scroll through and this is why i love spotify rob i don't want to digress here but now i'm glad i'm on spotify because i know so many people who use spotify in their car so many people friends and family it's like pandora it's spotify and pandora i'm sorry those are the two big ones and if they listen to talk radio it's usually iHeartRadio. being in spotify for me now is huge i know we're going to talk about that later but if you can just make it easier for people to listen to the podcast i think they will listen and they don't have to listen to all the gosh darn commercials right that you get with radio yeah Yeah, i mean how how many commercials can you listen to you want to listen to one commercial midway through on my podcast in a half hour or an hour you want to listen to 50 commercials in 30 minutes yeah exactly well you know i didn't mention this at the top of the show but this show the speaker live show is now in spotify so you you can yeah baby show over there as well and Spreaker is uh, submitting shows over to Spotify, and I'll, t- I'll cover that a little bit later in the show. But the other big thing is um, smart speakers. Uh, the research is showing 
that uh, about 51 million people in the U.S. are using smart speakers in their household. So that means about 18% of Americans 12 plus who um, have at least one smart speaker in their homes. That could be either the the Google Home or the um, the Amazon Alexa uh, platform. So and it's more than doubled uh, from last year. It, it was only seven percent last year. So you can see this smart speaker adoption is happening at a faster rate than the early days of smart. So which only showed four percent growth in a comparable time frame. Uh, so smart speakers are definitely here and a serious entry into spoken word audio consumption. There's a lot of other services that happen through these these platforms as well, you know, home automation and being able to order through Amazon and just there's a lot of co- other conveniences that come into this as well. But it, as you think about it, you know, you're putting a microphone and a speaker in in various places in your home and these platforms are going to move beyond just these echo devices. They're going to move into the car, they'll get into all sorts of devices as, as we look to the future and the adoption curve on this stuff is just phenomenal off the charts. And then also want, want to mention uh, the monthly online radio audience is now 180 million Americans or 64% of Americans 12 plus. And the reason I mention this is because the key drivers of that growth uh, is Spotify, Apple Music, and the Alexa-driven Amazon Music listening platform. Now, the the Alexa listening platform on the music side doesn't have any podcasts in it. That's by default being provided by TuneIn. So if you want to be on the default experience in the Alexa platform, uh, you need to get your show into TuneIn. So that would the the recommendation. I mean, you get it automatically if you're a Spreaker podcaster. Uh, it just comes with our app on there, but it's not a default app. You have to load it into your smart speaker to get it to work. Uh, but Pandora continues to lead in the online radio space with about 31% of Americans have listened in the past month. And they are, I'm talking about Pandora here, they are poking around, maybe getting more involved in podcasting. So we'll see over the next year whether or not that happens in any kind of significant way. But if Pandora decides to get into podcasting, it could have a pretty significant impact on, on the medium. Uh, I listen even, to Pandora for music yeah. all the time. Yeah, I know a lot and, of people. and is a bigger um, listening platform than Spotify or any of those other ones. So uh, it would be a significant entry into the uh, into the medium if it happened. One of the other big things that came out of this research, which was fascinating, is that the proportion of Americans 12 plus that are using Facebook, this is a significant uh, number, have declined. So the younger generation is starting to exit uh, Facebook. Uh, it's declined from 67% of Americans um, down to 62%. That's a 5% drop in one year of um, people 12 plus using Facebook. So I think that's a Facebook is dying. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook is dying. And I've seen other numbers, Rob, where they talk about this is 12 plus. I've seen numbers where they're just talking about younger demographics, right? Where I think they're not even out of high school and they're, they're just, they're not signing up for Facebook. Like people who are, for, you know, these young kids who are first even getting on social media, they're not signing up for that. They're on Snapchat, Snapchat. and WhatsApp and other things. I don't know why Snapchat's such a big deal. Instagram used to be the big one, but that's not apparently even as big. Snapchat is huge for these kids. But anyway, this doesn't surprise me because I do shows about Facebook all the time where, you know, I've left years and years ago and I always get, it always rings, true with a lot of people. People leave comments on that and they're like, wow, yeah, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. And I don't miss it, Rob. I, I don't miss it. And then I hear about all the drama that people get in and a lot of trouble, by the way. People have said stuff on Facebook and like gotten a lot of trouble with, you know, other friends, family members, job, all sorts of stuff. I'm just glad I'm not on there. It just seems like there's so much drama. You, you can barely believe half the stuff people are posting on there anyway. Apparently, there's so much fake stuff now. I haven't been on there in years, but I've been hearing like, yeah, you know, there's you don't know what's real and fake anymore. So kind of moving on from that, uh, as the smart speaker ownership rises, there is a continued decline in the standalone radio ownership out there. Only 29% of uh, people in the U.S. own an AM FM radio in the home now. That number is continuing to decline. I thought that was interesting. So radio's losing it in the car and they're, they're, they're losing it in the home. So uh, what is radio going to do? I think radio is really, honestly, Alex, I, I think is really counting on these smart speakers as the is the new radio for them. There, I think they're starting to build apps that are going to offer streaming music stations. 
uh, more and more. And, and that could be where the future of radio lives is in these smart speaker type platforms. That are and it's funny, Rob, I have, yeah. Right. It's funny. I have a, <clears throat> I have a radio in the car, but it's not a smart radio. I actually am one of the few people who has a radio in the living room. Like I have an old school, it's not old school. It's kind of, you know, it's just a, it's a receiver, a radio receiver that I can plug in really my smartphone and listen to Pandora over a nice system. Right. Cause I'm an audio guy. But other than that, I do not have a smart speaker. So I'm kind of old school, I guess, in that sense where I actually do listen to AM and FM radio at home. Most people only listen to it in their car. And I don't even listen to that as much as I do Pandora or podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah. and I have the tools, you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could yeah. easily do it at all times. And I'm always, you know, on my laptop, I'm listening to Pandora, hook it up to one of my, I have a wire. When I say, you say smart speaker, it's different from what I have. I have a wireless Bluetooth speaker, right? So it can't do all the fancy stuff, but it sounds great. And one of the things that will draw me in, you know how I've been about, oh, I don't like smart speakers, big brother, all that stuff. One thing that I've seen now, Rob, and Google has one, and I think this is something they're trying to, you know, trying to maybe perfect, is better audio quality on these things so you can listen to music and not just get the information and and talk and podcast. So when they have a speaker that's like for the audio guy, right, that sounds amazing so I can listen to Pandora or whatever music my MP3 is and do all this other fancy crap, then Big Brother will have their way into my home. But until they figure that out and they have an awesome speaker that just sounds as good as my home system, which sounds pretty sweet, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of the the um, smart speakers out there, um, you know, like the, the Amazon Dot the, uh, that's out there that doesn't really have great sound quality. But they, Is that the one you have? <clears throat> yeah, but it's... But the the more expensive ones, you know, like the the one that Apple put out there, and and I believe the the Google Home one, um, they put pretty good quality of speakers. In the Google think, Home, that's what I heard was good. The quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the more expensive, um, you know, Echo device has has really good sound quality as well. It's just that the forty nine dollar or thirty nine dollar dot that they have is. Uh, doesn't have a very good speaker inside of it, but I mean it, it has decent sound, but it's not going to be a high fidelity experience if if that's important to you. So, that's what I'm looking for. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, so I'm sick of headphones all the time. Better. Sorry, Rob. So, yeah, no, I just fine. get sick of head earbuds and headphones all the time, and I'm sure listeners do. I mean, don't people get sick of having to listen? Everybody listens to everything in earbuds. After a while, it's like I want real speakers, old school speakers, like you know. Yeah. Like well, it does create 90s speakers. <laughs> it does create kind of a different listening situation too. It becomes more of a group listening type of situation. I, I was thinking about that the other days. You think about these speakers; they're playing it aloud, right? They're you know in the home, which means that if there's more than one person in the household, uh, you're actually reaching more than one person with that uh, playback of that show. And I don't know that there's a- any way to track that. So there's going to be listening that happens to podcasts, kind of group listening, um, that somehow needs to be factored in, in the research. And I actually raised that question during the live presentation of the, of the, um, you're right, share, Bob. the share of ear study that they, they need to ask that question about group listening. Um, you're right. I didn't even think about that. My show numbers just went up double. Ad rates just went up. Double. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah. So when you track listening off of these platforms in the home, you probably there needs to be a factor of um, how many people live in that household and whether or not they're they're listening as well. So you could have a husband and a wife, or you know, a, a child and a and a husband, or something. You know, some combination there that could be listening to a podcast at the same time. So. Um, it's, it's something for the researchers to kind of dive into a little bit like that. So Alex, let's talk a bit about any kind of podcasting stories that we have or tips of the week or things that we're, we're thinking about that came out of this past week. I wanted to mention one, I've been thinking more and more about audio quality and Mm -hmm. raising the audio quality on this show to, to a higher level. And when I say audio quality, I'm I'm talking about, well, two things, fidelity and uh, sound experiences in in the show itself. I can certainly add more kind of flavor and spice to the show with some more sounds and things like that that can play in the background behind us or something like that. So I'm I'm thinking about those kind of things. You know, it's really have some more production elements in in the show to drive more, you know, ear candy is another term that I like, like to describe. It doesn't have to be overly done. 
Uh, I think there's two ends of the spectrum on that. I think you can overproduce your show to some degree, depending on what it is. Uh, and I think you can underproduce it. So, and, and, you know, I tend to gravitate towards underproduction now more than anything. Um, but it does seem like that a lot of the popular shows, um, feel like they have some element of overproduction. I don't know what you think about Alex. Is that true? Yeah, I don't like anything other than I I don't mind a fancy intro and a fancy outro, you know, but I don't like too much clutter or too many sound effects and distractions in it. I, I don't know. I'm a purist, I guess, when it comes to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it can be used effectively in some of these uh, documentary type yeah. podcasts, but that's not kind of what we're doing. So I think I think, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how much you can sprinkle through here. I mean, I know you do play clips and things like that. Audio comments. Um, I, I will tell you, Rob, I don't know if you're done there with the about the audio. Yeah. No, I am. One, one thing I've been struggling with, because I thought about this coming into the show, and I just went through this whole crisis of, do I need a website, right? Do podcasters really need a website? It's like I paid for the domain, right? I got it up, mm-hmm. but you know, I pay for you know the monthly hosting. Whatever. It's no big deal. It's very inexpensive. But you know, I'm like, do I really need it? Like sometimes I go there and just to update it, and uh, you know, I, I'm like, is it really worth the effort? Like even if it's just going and you know updating shows, and like I had a blog at one point and. I'm constantly going in and seeing – like I just updated that I have Spotify now, right? So things like that, Rob. You constantly have to update it, right? Keep current. I was like, do I need to do, – do I really need it? Because most people are going directly to my outlets, be it you know, Spreaker. Uh, I don't know. I, I always or go, Spotify, do I say Spreaker yeah. now or, or, or Voxnet? No, I know, but I'm – or Voxnet. I always well, know. I mean if no, your show's on – I mean your show's not on Vox. Exactly. You know? So it's Spreaker yeah. still. Yeah. Um, but – Spotify, like you said, iHeartRadio. I'm every tune. I'm everywhere. So it's like that is kind of my outlet. And a lot of people aren't going. This is what I was thinking, Rob. Are going to go to my website to listen to the show? And then I went into my Google Analytics, right? Because you can hook up your website to look at it. And then I said, well, wait. People are actually coming to the website. Yeah. So is that just a, a credibility thing, right, Rob? Do I need to have a website to look credible and have a presence? It looks professional if you have alexxm.com. So I said, mm-hmm. well, I'll always have the domain. Maybe I just forward that to my Spreaker page, you know, kinda my like, Spreaker station. Yeah, kind of like what I do with this show, right? Is that Thank you. Yeah. Perfect example. So I'm like, maybe I should do that. And even if I don't want to do that, I could do it to my Tumblr. I used to use my Tumblr page at one point as my website or a Twitter. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of different ways to keep in contact with people and stuff. And then – I said, you know, before I make any of these rash decisions and start, you know, re-editing, and they said maybe I should just re-edit the site and make it simpler. I went and looked, and I'm, I saw that I got a, a new subscription to my email newsletter. Which, by the way, I don't. Anyone who subscribed to my newsletter, I'm going to get a little bit more updated. I'm going to send more out, but I've been lacking because um, I do have some things I need to send out to people about this whole censorship thing. The point being, I said, wait a second. So, I, if I even I get like one or two subscribers to the email list a month, Rob, that's a good thing. Because then I can reach out to them directly, even if YouTube shuts me down or any other website decides, hey, we're just going to shut it off, right? Or for God, God forbid, you know, I, it's never happened. I'm not saying it will. You never know if like uh, whatever site's going to go down, Spotify, yeah. tune in, whatever way that they're listening, it goes down for a day. They can't find me. They think I disappeared. They're gone. So if they can go, wait, what happened to this guy's show? Is he still around? And they go to alexxm.com. There's five, six, seven, eight hundred ways they can listen. So I think it's valuable. I'm thinking out loud here. The listeners are like, what's the point? That I was struggling with this all week, and I, I think you have to have the website, Rob. It, at the very least, a domain and point it to your speaker. But because Spreaker will allow you to have the Twitter account and the, the Facebook page or whatever you want to list in the social media area. But you have to have another way for people to get a hold of you. I, I think it's imperative because then you can control the narrative if you get shut off of some other site. People want to Google you. This will be the first thing that comes up and you can kind of control what the first thing they're going to hopefully see, right? So mm-hmm. th- that's just my my little struggle I was going through. I'm like, do I really yeah, – I'm a you, uh, Yeah, say? I think you talked talk yourself into having a website I think, Alex. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. That's right. I'm just, I'm just sitting here going, okay, yeah. I think uh, he was questioning whether or not he had a website, but and by the end of his uh, his talk about it, he was like, yeah, I should have a website. <laughs> or Rob, my my surrogate therapist, the, and and you faithful listeners, thank you for hearing yes, me yes. out. Should so, I, I mean, keep this site or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I have a, a destination for for me um, at just robgreenly.com that that lists all the podcasts that I do. So. I still think Google's important, and I still think that the search engines are still important for for discovery of your show, and also for establishing just a base 
that you control as a podcaster. It may not be driving a huge amount of engagement to your podcast. It may not be driving. It's not the primary place where people go to find your show probably or listen to it. But it is a place that you have that you control that is always available to be found in the search engine. So if somebody types in your name or somebody types in the name of the show, there's always something that's going to show up because you can't always trust that the listening platforms are going to have a listing for you, which a lot of them do. So they'll find your show one way or another if they type in some important keywords into the into the search engine. But a lot of people in the podcasting space will tell you that platforms come and go, you know, honestly, uh, you need to have something that you control and that you have a presence on that will last the span that you're producing your show. And so, I mean, I believe in it too. Now, granted, I'm doing a redirect over to Spreaker. Um, I didn't want to necessarily create a separate page or a separate website for the Spreaker live show just because it's it's a show kind of about Spreaker and about podcasting. And I, I figured just pointing it over to the Spreaker page was the right thing to do with this show. But for a lot of shows, uh, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to point it over to your own .com and have that be your home for your show and then have that website have all the links to subscribe on to all these listening platforms, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, so a person can just go to that page and and go to their preferred listening platform and, and get engaged directly off of that. So it's like your home landing page. It's your base. It's uh, something that you control is kind of my, my advice on that. So. Yeah. And that's the way I, that's the way I kind of, I guess, cathartically came around yeah. and, and got through this, yeah, but, you, did. you know, there's been times, <laughs> but there's been times I've been, I'm just like, why am I even, why am I paying for the hosting? Why am I coming here and updating it? Is anybody listening? You know, is anybody going here? And they do. And that's what you find out. People should actually too, Rob, we don't talk about websites enough for podcasters. Maybe we should do another show about it. But if you do hook up Google analytics, which is really easy to do, you can see what, what pages they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to your listen page. And I, I was finding out, yeah, some people do go there just to listen. At least, you know, there are more people are going there than any other page. So yeah. and you, yeah. you, you, you'll see that you get subscribers to your mail list if you don't check all the time. Like I don't. I'm not so good at that. Um, we get obsessed with our numbers, Rob. We forget about the other ways to get the word out there, right? We put the podcast up. We want people to listen, but we forget that there's other marketing ways to get it out there, like newsletters and things like that. Yeah, so that's true. We should do a whole that's show true. about having a website to market your show. Okay. Well, let, now that I've decided I'm going to have one, let's plan on doing that on our next episode. I'm not going to be doing okay, the sweet. Spreaker Live show um, next Wednesday because I'm going to be in uh, New York City. So, oh, that's um, right. Okay. So we won't have an episode next week. But uh, let's get through our, our, our last little piece here. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of update on the Spotify submissions process through Spreaker. We're working through and refining our process. There's going to be a link in the uh, Spreaker CMS tool that you'll be able to click on to submit your show to, to Spotify. And we are creating custom feed URLs. I think I mentioned that in last week's episode, but I, I wanted to reiterate that. We're basically adding dash Spotify to the end of your podcast RSS feed. So there will be this kind of the separation between um, content that's going to go to Spotify versus content that goes to like iTunes. So we can do something different with the media file. So if you're a part of the monetization program on Spreaker, you will be able to continue doing that and not have to disable dynamic ad insertion monetization program just because you're wanting your show on Spotify. So that's good news. Yeah. Cause Spotify is not supporting shows that are supporting or utilizing um, dynamic ad insertion, like pre-rolls, mid-rolls, that kind of stuff. They only support shows that are doing host reads. So what we will do is funnel ad-free, basically, but we'll carry host over to Spotify. Uh, and then all, the rest of your distribution will just have the monetization program that you have out there. Currently, the only other platform that's an issue here is um, the Google Play Music platform, which um, also caches your episodes. Um, but they don't have a limitation. Nobody cares about that. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's getting listens from there, Rob. Can I say something real because I know we're short on time? I got it. First of all, thank you, Rob, and the Spreaker team for getting me on Spotify. And number one, I will say the layout looks great. I I just like the way it looks. If you have a nice image for your um, show image, you know, your Mm -hmm. your album – what am I saying? Yeah. Your album cover. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it looks really nice. It's just it looks high res. It, the layout is nice. It looks very nice. The one 
thing I would wonder, Rob, if this is going to be something in the future, is getting a vanity URL. I'm just one of those people who like .com slash show slash AlexXM or the XM experience. It's got this really long, complicated one. And when I put it in emails and things like that, it just makes it simpler. I don't know if that's um, – I'm being nitpicky here. I love – the layout and everything, that's the one thing I would change if we could maybe get a vanity URL or something like that. Um, well, you know, you could get a like a, a shortened URL redirect, and you could get that yeah, Spotify link too. Could. You could do that. So. Yeah, like use a service, but I kind of like yeah. the Spotify.com slash slash XM if I could get that sure. or something. Like that. No, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Because right now awesome. it looks like an yeah. encrypted tag or something. It looks exactly. It just, it's yeah, it's so. kind of similar to what the Google Play Music folks did. It was like this big string of numbers, right? Which isn't very user friendly, but uh, and it's a very small thing. No, it's a very small thing. But I'm just wondering. The only reason I say that now because I'm sure certain URLs will go. For me, it's probably there's nobody else doing the show like mine, like the name at least. But there might be some shows, you know what I mean, that might fight for a vanity URL. So anyway, just just a thought. You know, you know, the beta users should get it first. And I am gathering submissions for my next submission over to Spotify. Hopefully I'm getting, trying to get it done by the end of this week for the next batch of shows to submit it into Spotify. So it's not automated yet. So we're still manually gathering shows that are submitted to us or, or sent to us um, directly and then manually submitting them over on a spreadsheet. So Spotify will be providing a submissions API very soon in the future. Um, so we can automate those submission processes so I don't have to um, to feel like I'm a Spotify employee, which is kind of what I feel like right now. I bet, yeah. <laughs> uh, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, Rob, what, where are they inserting ads, by the way? I don't know that they are in podcasts right now. So oh, I think oh, th- okay. Th- okay. this is a new thing that they're doing, and I think they're trying to figure it out. Um, and okay. Get some content in there, get, get a little data figure out what makes sense uh, we'll see i don't really know what they have planned on that side um so it'll be interesting to see but if you wanted to get your show if you're a spreaker podcaster and you want to get your show on spotify feel free to send me an email rob at voxnest.com or rob at spreaker.com both of them will get here and we will add you to the list to get uh, suggested over to spotify so anyway um, Alex, I think we should wrap it up for the day. Didn't have any listener comments that I wanted to cover yep. this week, so but we are certainly open to getting those, and please send those to, to me or just post it on the Spreaker Live Show page on Spreaker. So just at SpreakerLiveShow.com and post a comment in there or send it to me, Rob at voxnest.com or rob at spreaker.com and we'd love to hear from you especially if you have an audio comment we will definitely play it on the show i know alex would be happy for you to do that i love audio comments yeah we need more yes well alex thank you so much for doing the show with me again and thank you rob we'll be back next week with the speaker live show on wednesday at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern thank you 